And uh, yeah, only a few weeks remaining. And obviously some huge games this weekend with two top 10 matchups that become even more magnified. So it uh, should, be, should be a fun weekend. Yeah, week got kick-started on Tuesday with three games, uh, three from the MAC, little MACTION, and then three more last night. Tonight, you got an interesting game. Virginia, a struggling team at 2-7, and seven, plays Louisville, who has been quietly a really good story this year. They're 11th in the nation. They're 8-1. and one. Also, you got Southern Miss and Louisiana tonight. And then tomorrow, SMU plays. I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Tigers last hour that for that game to have a lot of significance, SMU needs to take care of business against North Texas. SMU is a 17-point favorite at home, and Memphis on the road. Would you say a 9.5, Eli? 9.5-point yes. favorite? Memphis needs to take care of business against Charlotte. Also tomorrow night, Wyoming and UNLV before Saturday's onslaught of college football games, which brings us to the one and only Harold Grader. SMU, by the way, might put up. Good chance they're going to get to 60 against North Texas. I'll ask you next week how many you think they could put up against Memphis. Mr. Grader, how are you? Doing great. Good to see you guys. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Did you go to the LSU-Alabama game? I was there. What did you think? Uh, That was one of the most fun, exciting, and entertaining games I've been to in quite a while, not just this season. Uh, Obviously, the crowd was, was revved up. It was the first night game they had had there in Tuscaloosa in a while. And I got to tell you, just watching those two quarterbacks was a treat. And I had not seen uh, Daniels in person for LSU. And man, he is, he's something. And it it became very obvious early on that it was going to come down to those two quarterbacks and mainly Alabama's defense and their ability to, you're not going to stop Daniels. Obviously, it's trying to limit him and, and his impact. No, they just uh, targeted him instead and got away with it. Yeah, unless you knock him out of the game, that's the only way to stop him. <laughs> so it was a great game. I'm, 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 I'm not going to take the bait. Um, so anyway, it, it, was a, it was a heck of a football game. And again, just watching those two guys play, uh, you know, obviously they're very similar. Uh, in their ability to run, throw it, all that stuff, their impact on the game. But I, I can see why Daniels was was is uh, on a potential uh, Heisman Trophy list. He's he's something else. So you you are a perfect person to ask because you've been going to Alabama yeah. games all year long. Jalen Milroe today versus Jalen Milroe week two when they lose to Texas. Texas. How different is he? And how much better are they because of it? I think he's he's a much different athlete, much different quarterback. And, and Eli, I think it's mainly just the, the maturation of him as a quarterback, but also Tommy Reese, the new OC this year, learning to what what are Milrose's strengths? What can he do best? What do we need to take out of the playbook? And because obviously, you know, Texas. Uh, that was not a good day for Alabama. And, you know, I, I, I recall going into that game thinking Texas could very easily win this game, and obviously they did. So I, I think he has matured. He's gotten better. I think what they have learned, what they can do with him, uh, has been refined. It, it seems as if they are uh, actually, you know, 
running designed runs for him, which is obviously one of his great strengths, the the, the ability to run the ball. Uh, so there's definitely been a progression, and just them uh, from uh, you know pre-snap mistakes. Uh, defense has gotten better. The football team has gotten better. Still, are are they as dominant as those national championship teams from just a couple of years ago from Alabama? No, I don't see that. Um, but when you look across the, the broader landscape, you know that that's the impact of NIL and the transfer portal. You know the 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 talent has gotten dispersed in in more places, and you know those days of of just literally. You roll out the ball and you know you're going to win. Those days may be over, but certainly this Alabama team has gotten better, and Milrow as a quarterback certainly has progressed. So let's and let's pretend Quinn Ewers is healthy. Yeah. If if that game was this week, Ooh. do you think Alabama would beat them at Tuscaloosa? Yeah. yeah. If that game had yeah. been later yeah. on the schedule, I, I think so. I think so. I think so they're should, I think they're that that much better of of a football team than they were in week two. And these are the kind of discussions yeah. that take place in between sure. between the walls and closed doors with the committee. And so when they talk about injuries, you know, we consider injuries and things right. of that nature. Shouldn't they also consider? I know it's impossible to watch every game and know everything about every player, but shouldn't they take into consideration the improvement of a player? Because there's no question when you watch Jalen Milrow today, he is a lot different than Jalen Milrow from right. early in the season. Now, that brings up this, which I brought up the other day with Jerry Palm. Because Alabama is still very much on the outside looking in. Yes. But let's say the final spot for the four-team playoff came down to the Big 12 champion Texas Longhorns with one loss to Oklahoma and a win over Alabama. And Alabama going into Atlanta and beating Georgia to win the SEC championship with just the one loss. I know Texas won the head-to-head. Do you think it's automatically Texas for the fourth spot? Or do you think that committee would consider Alabama over Texas despite the head-to-head loss? You know, I'm a big head-to-head guy. You did it on the field. Uh, but you know, I, I did not get a chance to see see uh, the, the the chairman. Boo. Uh, yeah, Boo Corrigan. Not trying to scare you. No. <laughs> You made me jump. <laughs> it's not even Halloween and I jumped. Uh, did not get a chance to see his interview with, with Reese and the guys uh, Tuesday night. Um, but I, I am a big head-to-head guy. Uh, I know one of the great proponents, and, and, and no one's a bigger Alabama guy than, than Greg McElroy, and he's in that silo of opinion of, hey, Texas beat Alabama. you got to put them ahead. Now, that's just one of the pieces. And and is it the be-all, end-all? Maybe, maybe not. Because uh, at the end of the day, the committee's mission is to pick the quote-unquote what best for, right? Yes. So when you look at the resume, the eye test, and all that stuff, with, with that scenario, they, I would say the door is slightly open for Alabama in that scenario to sneak past Texas. Yeah, again, I, I think because I would, and again, I would be fine with either way. The fact that Texas did it in Tuscaloosa certainly is helped. If you had done it yeah. in, in Austin, it's easy to go, well, you did it at home. Like you think of it, but right. But, that's, that's true. But again, yeah. the fact that the game was in week two, and then you would be talking about an Alabama team that hadn't lost since, it just beat 
what either the number one or number two team in the country. Well, Georgia would probably be number one by then. They'll probably yeah. just, there's a good chance they'll jump to Ohio State or whatever. Like you could say, like we just think at this point Alabama's better yeah. than Texas. Yeah, like, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying. It's, yes, this, at the end of the season, the, the, who are the four best? The head-to-head teams? matters, but yeah. when we consider everything else. It just yeah. that head to head doesn't make up for what we believe Alabama coming off a win over the number one team in the country on a neutral field and where they are as a team now versus where Texas is as a team now. Yeah. All I'm saying is that the scenario today plays out a little bit differently, at least in my mind, if the two met in Tuscaloosa tomorrow, because Jalen Milrow is a different player. He is a different player, and, and Alabama's playing much better. Of course, Texas has had the issues with yours, and that's tough to take into consideration, too. Why has Texas struggled a little bit? Well, they don't have yours, so you can look at it that way as well. Yeah, and you look at Texas's remaining schedule uh, at TCU, at Iowa State, Texas Tech. At so Iowa State? That's what I have. Maybe I maybe no I no no. no. I'm not I'm not questioning well, you. I was and, just asking. And see, and Texas has been yeah at, at Iowa State is what I have. So Texas the, would have so been the much whole... better off if Oklahoma hadn't lost and they could right. have just yes. gotten revenge right. over Absolutely. Oklahoma. Right. That's right. Playing Oklahoma State in the championship game isn't going to mean as much on right. their resume as what Oklahoma an undefeated Oklahoma would have. And, and as much as a potential Alabama exactly. Georgia game yeah. that that could last be in the SEC championship for both the two teams yeah. would be overwhelmingly Alabama's favorite. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Do you think if if Georgia runs the table, that's Ole Miss win? They beat Mizzou last week. Tennessee, Alabama, and Ohio State still has to play Michigan. Beats Michigan, wins the Big Ten championship over. One of the crap teams from the West. Who's going to be? Who do you think of those two would be the number one team, the number one seed in that fourteen playoff? Georgia, Georgia, yeah. Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ohio State. Because I, I think Georgia. Again, I think if Georgia wins this week, they're going to pass Ohio State. I agree with that. I, I think a top ten win will put yeah. them ahead of Ohio State. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're. Um, in unison here, that if Georgia runs the table, wins the SEC, undefeated, now, if, they'll if, be the if one. Ohio they'll State be the one. Destroys Michigan because that's at Michigan. Like maybe then, about, then, then Ohio State certainly have, would have a good case. For how that. about if Michigan beats Penn State by three touchdowns after the whole scandal? I don't think Stallions is <laughs> is going to help them now. They win in State College by tw- uh, twenty-one points. They beat Ohio State by seventeen points. Does Michigan have a claim to be number one overall? I don't think they'll pass Georgia. Not not a Georgia that beats Alabama in the championship game. Right. I would agree with that. Okay. So what yeah. so with that said, Georgia running the table is certainly a strong possibility, but they gotta get by first Ole Miss this week. And we'll have our picks coming up. But how how good is Ole Miss? Do we know how good Ole Miss is? And you know, do they have a chance, a legitimate chance to go to Athens where nobody has done in several years now and beaten Georgia? They they have a chance. You know, and looking at that Ole Miss team and just kind of looking at the numbers for the years, for the year, one of their Achilles' heels has been penalties. Speaking of Ole Miss, so if they can not turn the ball over, minimize the penalties, and that's been a problem for them. And Dart plays a good, smart game, and they're able to. If Judkins is able to run the ball effectively. I think this could be a fourth quarter ball game in, in Athens. Well, that's a 
Last week, Mizzou Schrader had over 100 yards rushing against Georgia. This is not the Georgia defense of right. the last couple of years. Um, if, if, you know, Judkins is better than Schrader yeah. as a running back. And, yeah. I, and Ole Miss has an offense that can score points. Like That's the thing. And again, I'm sure, as I said earlier, like Lane... Lane gonna go for fourth down. Like he's, yeah, he gonna let it fly. Like absolutely, he's, he's gonna take his chances. So, um, yeah, I, I think it I, absolutely does. Ole Miss have a chance. One hundred percent, they have a chance to win this game. Yeah. Before we, I mean, Missouri was tied at halftime with Georgia. Like it was right, it was a, right. It's a tie game at halftime. Like you know, they they threw a couple of interceptions that were costly. Like if you could avoid those turnovers, absolutely, Ole Miss. I have. I would not be surprised if Ole Miss won this game. Yeah, I, I've been told that by a few people, and I, I think you're right on. And I think uh, your observation, Harold, was was right on too. But again, if he goes in there and dart all of a sudden, and he's been a cool customer, but panics, throws a couple of picks, you know, and then they'll end up getting blown out. But I don't think that'll be the case. One of the games we will not pick this weekend or this or today is the Memphis Charlotte game. Yeah. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. We talked to Ryan Silverfield earlier. We had the Tiger football report. They've never met Charlotte in football. Biff Pogey's an interesting character. SMU plays Friday night against North Texas. They're a heavy favorite at home. Both teams have to take care of business, and then we can have a really big yeah. moment next Saturday, week from Saturday. Uh, we don't know about the quarterback situation with Memphis. We don't know about the running back situation with Memphis, but still seems like they have a good enough team. Depth is there yes. to go into Charlotte to Memphis, win. Memphis should take care of business. And, you know, and it's the old saying, the more you win, the bigger the games get. So in that scenario, SMU wins, Tigers win. Boy, we got a throwdown in a week at Simmons Bank Stadium. You know, Greg, other than those question marks, and, and I didn't get a chance to hear uh, Ryan's uh, interview with you guys, and I'm sure he didn't divulge anything. No. Uh, so we won't know until uh, kickoff on, on Saturday to see who's in, who's not in. Uh, but, you know, just looking at the two football teams, as you just said, Memphis has the depth. Uh, they should have uh, the higher level of, of overall talent. Um you know, playing on the road, I don't care what league you're in, who, where you're playing, it's never easy, just the whole travel thing. But when you have as much on the line as this Memphis football team does, you, you can't come out slow. You should be totally motivated and just go in there and take care of your business. Um, now, we have seen this football team not necessarily do that. You know, we saw them in Birmingham. Holy cow. I mean, that, that first half in Birmingham was – Borrow a phrase from the legendary Keith Jackson. That was a whoa, Nelly. First time. What in the world? What in the world is going on here? That's another one from was a blazing sound. What the wild world of sports is going what on? The wild, here? wild world of sports yeah. going on around here. Uh, so all of that being, I'm going going way. Back I love here. it. Going way back. I love it. Uh, all that being said, Memphis should win this game. Shouldn't sweat it out, and just you know they just go in there and take care of business. Just go and take care of business, and then focus on a week from Saturday. They should, but I've also, I've also, I've also seen I've also seen this defense. I know. Well, exactly. And, and Charlotte's offense is bad. Again, this this that's the the hope I guess from a Tiger perspective is that yes, the defense has just been toasted, but those are my high-powered offenses that throw the ball all over the joint, can do a lot of different things. Yeah. This Charlotte offense just isn't that. Like, they just, they're not that offense. So, hopefully this defense can, you know, hold them down to, you know, maybe 24 <laughs> and 
the offense should be good enough, if, especially if Hennigan played. Now, if Hennigan can't go, like you're, you're, you've got a quarterback out there who's thrown four career passes. Right. Like that's, yeah. that's the then the perfect all all bets are off at that point. Like, good luck. I don't know. You don't. I mean, I think Tevin Carter is pretty good, but you're not a guy who's thrown we don't four know. career passes to go out there and start a game. There's question marks. Yeah, I, I was saying this last hour. The the perfect scenario, and it's not nothing's been easy for Memphis football. They're winning. They're finishing, which was their motto coming in. Yeah. Most of the games are finishing, but is they go in, Hennigan plays, does some good damage. They got a big lead. He gets out of there. Tevin plays the rest of the way. The defense against a porous offense has a good day. Nobody gets hurt. You feel like almost, okay, it was a nonchalant W, and now you're ready for SMU. The worst-case scenario, obviously, is if Hennigan's hurt more than we know or he gets, God forbid, hurt in the game. The defense struggles against a bad offense because SMU's going to come in with one of the most high-octane offenses you'll face next week. So you hope for the the former rather than the latter take care of business. And SMU, I think, will take care of business against North Texas. All right, when we come back, I want to talk to you about the SEC scenario with the Bulls because it's getting a little Mm -hmm. antsy here with teams that are just trying to get bowl eligible, and it looks like a few may not. And we'll discuss that, and then we'll get to our pick six. Folks, Thanksgiving is two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, Thanksgiving. If you are in charge of the turkey, you do not want to disappoint the family. You got to you got to have a good turkey. The, the Thanksgiving dinner, the sides are great, but everything rotates around that turkey. And you want to make sure you get a delicious turkey. Well, the place to go to get the supply that's Memphis Barbecue Supply. No matter how you're planning on doing it, whether you're smoking it, whether you're deep frying it, whether you're just put in the oven, they've got everything you need from brine bags and buckets. They've got 20 different turkey injections and brines as well. They've got rubs and sauces. They've got your woods for smoking, chips, chunks, mini logs, logs. They've got your charcoal. They've got your pellets. They've got everything you need for that turkey. Plus, they've got thermometers, injectors, and all the other gadgets to make it as easy as possible, and a great staff that will help you and answer any questions that you have. Memphis Barbecue Supply, located at 7041 Stage Road, online, mbbqsupply.com. You can order online, uh, look around, check out everything they've got online as well. Go by and see them. 7041 Stage Road, Memphis Barbecue Supply. You're tuned into the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli, right here on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, Play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Now, more of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grater. 
This hour is brought to you by Acura Memphis, Ridgeway 385 online, AcuraMemphis.com. Great people, great cars. That's what you'll find at Acura Memphis. Just a great car buying experience every single time. Go see them at Acura of Memphis. All right, HT, we've been kind of throwing this around now because it's that time of the year when you start to look and count the number of teams from the SEC before the league is expanded next year with uh, Oklahoma and Texas. But 14 teams and... How many of them are bowl eligible? Yep. And that will affect you. How many make the playoff? How many are in the New Year's Six games? Well, we know that Vanderbilt cannot become bowl eligible. Right. But it looks like there is a chance, and a good chance. In fact, Blake Topmeyer was on with us earlier in the week, and he thinks those four teams, now Auburn will get there. Auburn will get the six, yeah. and I know you've been looking at Auburn. But yep. there's four teams, Arkansas, Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Florida, that may not become bowl eligible. What do you think about that? How will it fe- will it affect your game? Good. What did Blake say? How many did he, what did he say about? He those said schools? they're going zero for four. There'll be five teams that are not bowl eligible. That could very well happen. Um, you know, right now as we do our projections, we think there will be three up, quote unquote, which means three. Yep. Either you know a team in the final four and plus two in the in the New Year six. Um, so it's going to be close. Um, Obviously, for Florida, let's go to them first. Even though they're not a team that that is really on our radar, uh, but you know, losing to Arkansas last week was was a big blow for for the Gators because looking you know, looking at at Florida's remaining schedule, uh, not good for them. Not good for them. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure there's a there's another win there. I don't. I don't um, think there is. I, I, yeah, I don't. And, and they're sitting right now at what? They got five. Yes, they've got five, so and if they had beaten be, Arkansas, they'd be there. That would they'd be there. So they have so. to win either at LSU, not happening. At Missouri, I don't think it's happening. Florida State, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. So that one, that lost Arkansas, big for Florida. Uh, Auburn, you mentioned they're going to get to six. Uh, they've got a win in there. Um, yep. New I'm, Mexico I'm, State. Yeah, that's yeah. there. You should. Even though Jerry Kill has done a great job with that team, Auburn should win that one and at least get the six. Yes. Yeah. And looking down the road again, uh, there's some key games this weekend. I mean, there's there are key games these last three weeks, and they're all going to impact that question that you asked: Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? Could it impact us? Yes, potentially. Um, at this point, we don't think so. And got to r- remind folks of the selection process is obviously you have the New Year's Six, whatever those are going to be, and we project there to be three SEC teams in that in the final 12. Then the Citrus Bowl has their own selection, and then we are in the what is referred to as the SEC Pool of Six, and that's us, Houston Nashville, the Gator, Tampa, and then there's that uh, shared pick of Vegas and Charlotte. Uh, and within that New Year's, within that uh, pool of six, the SEC garners and receives information from the schools. Where do you want to go from the bowls? Who you, who would you like to have? But ultimately, within that pool of six, the SEC office assigns us our teams. Now they take all of those factors into play. You know. Uh, avoiding uh, rematches from the regular season or rematches from previous bowl games or where have you been in that game recently? All of those factors um, to make those decisions. Uh, So, again, we have a voice, but we don't have the ultimate voice within the SEC. So it's going to get 
it's going to get, so, I can tell you, it's tense now. It's going to get even more tense as we move down the road here. So explain, let's say you end up without an SEC team. How then does it work to fill that spot? We have a relationship with the American, and we would take a look at that situation if we have to. Okay. But the Ameri- so that the American is the first place you go in that situation. Yes. Okay. Okay, and then uh, as far as the Big 12, where do we stand going into this week's games? You know, this week in the Big 12, uh, for us, you know, the the pool of schools that we're looking at really hasn't changed. And when you look at what the national guys, the Jerry Palms and those guys that, that are really tuned in, Brett McMurphy is another solid uh, a guy who, who follows all of that stuff. You know, for us, I think it's still a an Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia pool for us. Um, and any of those would be good. Uh, we have great histories with all of those four schools if it comes down to that. Um, you think Oklahoma State is still in kind of your... Yeah, they, on the fringe of it, okay. yes. Because obviously they are, they're right there. You know, they could... You know, they're, well, they're on track to be in the championship. Abso- game, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if that happens, um, you know, obviously if they're not in a New Year's Six... Um, you know, probably San Antonio, who has the first pick of, of Big 12 schools, would probably take them. But for now, we put them on the list, but but not likely. So uh, we're starting to hone in and, and looking at my travel schedule. This will be the first Saturday this season I have not been at a game or two games. And we'll have multiple games under electronic surveillance <laughs> uh, uh, with some beverages close by. Uh so anyway, but but the last two weeks, obviously, we're going to probably be focusing in on travel to the Big 12. Out of curiosity, I don't have the yeah. Big 12 standings in front of me. Are any of the four new teams going to be bowl eligible? BYU. BYU will. Let me get to their let me get to their standings real quick. Are you guys surprised at all that? They've been this bad, or did you expect that? Because the, new, the, the newcomers in the yeah Cincinnati, no, UCF, I, I Houston. I didn't expect it to be real good I, right away. I thought I, I thought they would be competitive, Eli, and they're they're not even being competitive. Meaning that you we're referring to the three schools from the American, right? Cincinnati's at the bottom of the class. What's they're, the, they're what's two, record? They're two and seven. UCF is next, going from bottom to top. Uh, UCF is four and five, so they're. So close to five. Okay, so they got to win two out of the last three. Houston four and five. Now the the uh, and then uh, BYU is sitting there five and four. So BYU, let me get to their schedule. Okay, they have Iowa State at home this week, home to Oklahoma, and then they're at Oklahoma State. That's tough. So they if they're going to get bowl eligible they they're going to have to Probably win this maybe week. win this week at home against Iowa State right right but Iowa Iowa State BYU both of them are 5 and 4 so the winner of that game there in the Big 12 gets bowl eligible UCF has to win two of their last three they got Oklahoma State at home they have a game at Texas Tech and then they play Houston that's possible right UCF yeah. can beat Texas Tech yeah. And could beat Houston to get the bowl eligibility. Yeah, so. having two of the three at home, but one of those, as you said, Oklahoma State, don't expect them to win that one. Uh, Texas Tech on the road, yeah, winnable. Home to Houston, winnable. Do you frown upon like a team that was just in the American playing in your game? Like the first year? 
after they just played? I would say frown on it. Would it be preferred? For me personally, not necessarily. But, you know, you, you deal with the hand that is dealt right, to you. And, right, right. You know, what is the pool of, of bowl-eligible yeah. teams? Well, now, we have the fourth choice of teams in the Big 12. So when it gets to us, after the three ahead of us, Whoever's on the table, you know, we have we have a choice. Some years there's only been one. There hasn't been a choice. Right. It's like here's who's left, guys. <laughs> right. But um Yeah, and I just say the first yeah. year because they yeah. were just here. Sure. They weren't oh, exactly. not everybody was playing. That's right. That's right. At that stadium, but a lot of them were. All right, when we come back, pick six time. Yeah. So we need a uh, caller. We'll do caller number three. 360-8255, 360-8255, caller number three, gets an opportunity to go head-to-head with one of us for a chance to win some free barbecue, $25 in piggy bucks from Central Barbecue will be on the line. So caller number three right now, 360-8255. If you have participated in the pick six already this year, you are not eligible to participate again. Caller number three, 360-8255 for a chance to win that barbecue. This weekend, starting tomorrow, the big three-day event at Genesis Diamonds as they are marking everything down. They already have unbelievably low prices. Well, this weekend, they're getting even lower with 20, 30, up to 35% off. Engagement rings, earrings, bands, bracelets, everything you can imagine. The unbelievable selection of jewelry that they've got at Genesis Diamonds all being marked down for three days this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They're located in the Poplar Common Shopping Center, Poplar Perkins Extended. Go by, check them out. This three-day event starts tomorrow at Genesis Diamonds. Still need our third caller, 360-8255, to play in our pick six. We'll do that right after this quick timeout, 360-8255. You're tuned into Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. And it's the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour right here on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Now, more of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grater. Welcome back, everyone. 942 the time, and it is time for our weekly pick six. We're going to bring on Ken here in just a moment. Last week, Doug went up against me, and I'm... Sorry, Doug. I had a huge week. Uh, I was six zero and one last week. Uh, Harold, or actually Eli, was second at four two and one. Harold was three two and one. Doug two three and one. So no barbecue for Doug, but uh, we'll see if uh, it can get pick up the twenty five dollar twenty five dollars worth of barbecue from Central Barbecue. Ken, how are you? Hey, doing all right, guys. Doing all right. Listen to it every week and. First time I'm calling in. I talked to Harold about this, not the last home game, but the prior home game. And I was going to pick you, Greg, but I don't know how much you hate to give barbecue away. <laughs> and, That's right, and kid. And Harold and I discussed that. And so I'm picking Harold because he loves to give barbecue Absolutely away. Absolutely does. So. Absolutely. There you go. There, there's the matchup. Ken, I am all for the people. Ken, Ken. versus uh, Harold. Okay, let's jump right into it, guys. We'll jump in with a... Big Ten game to begin things. Michigan, minus four and a half 
at Penn State. It's always customary to begin with Mr. Grader. HG, who's your pick in game one? Ooh, this is obviously going to have uh, major ramifications on uh, many levels, not just there in the in the Big Ten, but also uh, national championship uh, situations. Michigan, the number one scoring defense in the country, if I'm looking at the numbers correctly. They have... Playing that high school schedule helped. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Plus four for Penn State, is that right? Four and a half. They're they're getting four and a half. Four and a half at home. Even despite that. And I love James Franklin. Good friend, good man, part of our history at the AutoZone Liberty Ball. Wolverines. Taking the big blue. It's got to be very rare for Penn State to be a home dog. And and a home dog by more than a field goal. Eli? Yeah, it's... I just don't... It seems as though when Penn State gets into these situations, they just... Yeah. They don't come up big. Right. <laughs> like, right. I know the whiteout, all that stuff. It's uh, but it, but it's been a few years now. I think I don't know when the last time they beat Michigan, but you know, Ohio State and these big has, has constantly beat them. So um even though Michigan presumably won't know the plays um <laughs> that Penn State is running, I'll take the Stallions. All right, so I'm with you guys. I'll take the Stallions. <laughs> I'm with you guys, and I love I love James Franklin. Should have became the Maryland coach. Never happened. Uh, he's a good man. He's a good coach. But they, yeah, they just can't get over the hump when it comes to playing Ohio State and playing Michigan. This is going to be interesting. Michigan goes and loses this game instead of people saying, you know, Penn State. They just they're at home. They won the game. They were the better team. It's going to be all Michigan didn't have their plays. That's why they lost. It's going to cripple Michigan. Wait to the conversations next week. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Michigan's going to go up to uh, State College and win that game. By the way, I'm rooting. I might wear, I might wear white to watch this game. You're rooting, rooting, you're, for, you're Penn rooting for Penn State. Ken, what do you got? Yeah, I think I agree with you guys. As much as I'd like to pick Penn State, they just never come through. It doesn't seem like. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Michigan also. All right. So we're all in unison on the Michigan pick. Miami gets 14 and a half at Florida State. Before the season, Miami was supposed to be one of those teams that could make a yeah. a run maybe even into the playoffs and they have been a disappointment. Florida State the complete opposite. Huge game, huge rivalry game, Eli. Uh I think it's too many points. I'll take the Hurricanes. Take it over Miami. two touchdowns. I think they can hang around. Uh Florida State uh, beat Pitt last week. I think it was 24 to 7. Even though they went by 17, it wasn't one of those games you go, man, they just crushed Pitt. I think they are on a mission this week. They're playing a rivalry team. I think they bury Miami. I think Florida State wins this by four touchdowns. I'm taking Florida State minus the 14 and a half. Ken? I'm the same way. I still like Norvell, even though he left. I understand why. <laughs> and I'm all Florida State 100%. All right. Harold? Me too, Ken. The Seminoles have won four straight by at least 17 points. Easy cover. Give me Florida State. Nice number, HG. I love that. All right, so three of the four of us take Florida State. We go out west, Pac-12. Utah gets nine and a half at Washington. I'm picking first. I've been talking about singing the praises of Michael Penix Jr. I think he's the best quarterback in the nation. Utah has had a couple of duds this year. I think there'll be a dud here. I think Washington will explode offensively. Another huge game for Penix Jr. Washington covers nine and a half over Utah. Ken? As much as I don't want to, I'm going to say the same thing. I, I 
like to see Utah. I'm an Oregon fan, so my brother lives out there, but I, uh, I'm looking forward to those two matching up yep. later on. So, yep. yeah, I'll take Washington also. Okay, H.G.? Hmm. Washington's going to win the game, but I'm going to say that Kyle Whittingham can rally the troops, play defense that he's known for, and I'm going to take Utah on the nine and a half. Eli? Uh, I've been riding with Washington. I still believe in them. Last week they had the old flu bug that came through, um, but they still were able to go out and take care of business against USC. Uh, I'm I'm not changing now. I'm going with Washington. Okay. Tennessee minus one at Missouri. Ken, you pick first. Yikes. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to take Missouri. I mean, they're, they're, they're really good. We hung in there against them, and Tennessee's still very good, but just up and down from what you expected, I think, going into the year. So I'll take Missouri. Okay. Harold? I think one of two things are going to happen. Either Tennessee's going to go in there and play the kind of offense with Josh that, that we know that they can play, and they win with relative ease. Or it's going to be close. Mizzou's at home. They're getting a point. Give me Mizzou. Ooh, okay, Eli? I thought you were going to say either one of two things is going to happen. Either Missouri's going to win or Tennessee's going to win. <laughs> and I would agree full, wholeheartedly with that. Um, Very insightful. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, give, me, uh, give me Mizzou. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Absolutely. Let's go, Tigers. Well, I think you guys have the winner, but just for our contest here with Ken, so we have at least one game that's different, even though we'll have the best bet at the end. I'm going to take Tennessee to be different from Ken. Ken's going against Harold. Oh, yeah. Give me Mizzou. (laughs) I completely forgot. That's right. He's going against Harold. Okay, so give me Mizzou as well. That's a clean sweep. Ole Miss plus 10.5 at Georgia. Harold? Mm. It's a lot of points. First time they have played since 2016. Georgia, if my calculations are right, clinches the East with a win. Despite the 10.5 going to uh, Lane Kiffin and his guys, I'm going to take the Georgia Bulldogs between the hedges. Georgia to cover 10.5. Eli? Uh, I am taking Ole Miss. That's what I'm not going to be surprised if they win the game. I don't. I'm not saying they will win the game, but I think ten and a half. Um, I think this will be a close game. Lane's going to pull out the kitchen sink. I mean, may literally pull out a kitchen sink on the sideline. Expect everything and anything. I'm taking Ole Miss. Ken, I'm going Ole Miss also. So there is the one that you and HG are different. We got one more game to pick though. So HG with Georgia, no, Utah, Washington. Utah-Washington, I think, were different, too. I took Utah. Oh, that's right. That's right, you did. Okay, so there you go. And then finally, we'll go back out west to the Pac-12. USC gets 16.5 at Oregon. There you go. uh, Ken's been talking about his Oregon Ducks there. Eli, you're picking first. Uh, There's no reason whatsoever for me to believe in USC at this point. Um, So uh, even at 16.5. I'm taking Oregon. Oregon's going to score a lot of points against that porous defense, but USC, I think, has the ability to score as well with Caleb Williams. 16 and a half. USC's getting 16 and a half. I got to take the Trojans. Ken? Ducks all the way. And I'll tell you, I don't know what times those games are on. Obviously, Oregon will be a later game. 
But that Tennessee, Missouri, and Oregon, USC, there should be some points lighting up the scoreboard in both those games, I would think. <laughs> no, the no thing question. with Oregon, too, Oregon needs to be impressive. Yeah. I know. They want to continue to look yeah. like that, yeah. the best of the one loss teams. Yeah, it's all about style points. Harold, who's Yeah, and of the two teams, Oregon or, or USC, I think Oregon's defense is, is a little bit better. They are. Um, maybe a quite a bit better. <laughs> yes. Uh, despite the 16 and a half, I, I'm with you, Eli. I think they're toast and. Oregon has a lot to play for. Oregon. All right. Caleb Williams has a lot of pride, too. Yeah. But that's a lot of points. All right, guys. Let's get to our best picks, our best Ooh. bets. Harold, best bet. <sighs> Had not thought about this. I am going to say Oregon. Mm. Eli. I'm just, I'll go Pac-12 with you, but I'm, gonna, I'm riding with the Huskies. I keep riding with the Huskies. So you're going Washington. I will go with mm, this is tough. I'm gonna go Michigan. I was gonna go Florida State, but I'm gonna go Michigan. Ken? Uh oh, man. I'm gonna go Ole Miss. You're gonna go Ole Miss is your best play. Okay. I thought you'd go Oregon there. All right, sounds good. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, you happy with that one? Okay, Ole Miss. And now we wanna wish you the best of luck against Harold Grader Indeed. for the barbecue. Harold, say it. Ken, enjoy the barbecue. Good luck <laughs> hey, with the game. Ken, thank I'll, you, man. I'll do it. Yep, sure do. We'll Appreciate it. Okay. And go Tigers. Sounds good. All right, there you go. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of time yeah. here, but you did do the double dip. I did. I forgot. You went to Ole Miss before you went down to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, sure did. It, it had been a while since I had seen uh, the folks from Texas A&M, Ross Bjork, and a couple of other uh, leaders uh, in their administration there at uh, Texas A&M. Had a chance to visit with them, which was fun. Get caught up uh, with the folks from College Station and our old friend, Bobby Petrino, the uh, OC at uh, Texas A&M. Had a chance to visit with Bobby before the game and uh, got to catch up, talk about uh, how's family going, how's the job going, and uh, it was a good visit. And uh, uh, glad to see him. You know, Bobby's uh, an interesting uh, character. Uh, we all know his past, mm-hmm. um, but we had a pleasant conversation. And uh, you know, and as far as the autos on Liberty Bowl, you know, he is part of our history. Two and zero. He won a game as the head coach at Louisville and also at Arkansas. So we we talked about that. You know, in one of our traditions. At our gala every year, we present each head coach's wife a nice commemorative piece of, of crystal. And Becky has two of those, and, and Bobby said, yep, they're on display at our house, and uh, she's proud of it. And that is the only award of any sort uh, tied to football that, that is on display in their house. That's cool. And that's that's Becky's, so good for her. And that's a neat and gesture again, from you guys. I I didn't know yeah, that. that. That's yeah. really, really So, cool. again, it was good to see Bobby yeah. and uh, – Bobby doesn't really get to tell the wife a whole lot these days, I'm guessing. No, ever, no, no. Ever since a certain incident, I'm going to guess Probably she, she gets her way around the house. Bobby, Probably pick she up. Wants, she wants to put her crystal up. By golly, she can put her crystal up wherever she wants. Bobby, pick up the trash. <laughs> uh, wait, you giving me some sass, Bobby? Bobby, pick Okay. Yeah. Then when I got to Tuscaloosa, they were honoring the 1973 Alabama National Championship team, and Sylvester Croom was a junior on that team. Uh, for Coach Bryant, and of course, Coach uh, uh, Croom uh, was at Mississippi State, beat uh, UCF, I think it was an 07, so I had a chance to see him and uh, get caught up with him. He's retired from coaching, he's done, 
living in Mobile, where I think he said his daughter lives down there. The grandkids are down there. So uh, he's just enjoying life down on the coast, being the legend Sylvester Croom. And again, it was good to get caught up with him. And he was another uh, undefeated coach in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, 1-0 with his one win uh, coming there at Mississippi State. So it was fun he to see a journey him. through time last week. Oh, yeah. And, and then another one that was just kind of ran into him out on the field uh, before the game, Jeremiah Castile yes. uh, from Alabama. Alabama, right. Uh, the legendary 1982 AutoZone Liberty Bowl game, Coach Bryant's last game. Castile had three interceptions in that Jeez. game, was our MVP, and I uh, had a chance to chat with uh, Jeremiah before the game. He's now uh, he has his own foundation and uh, is the team chaplain uh, for uh, Alabama football. So again, it was it was it was like old home week and a lot of our history there with the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Very between nice. the two coaches and uh, Jeremiah Castile. You know, and it's real. It's always fun it, when you mention those games and especially obviously they've won, so they. You know they smile. They're they're glad to talk about it, and they tell a story. And, and to me, that's part of the enjoyment of being on the road and getting out and seeing folks. Absolutely. So, so a lot of fun last Saturday and uh, uh, this week though, staying home. We'll make new memories, of course, coming up in late December. And indeed, uh, I, I know that uh, tickets are flying by, but still some good tickets. Available. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can call us at the world headquarters of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl seven nine five seventy seven hundred. This year's game date Friday, December. 29th, 2.30 kickoff. That's the last work day of the year. So if you got to get in a couple of hours at the office, you can do that. Have plenty of time to get to the ball game. Even our big pregame party there uh, on, on the uh, stadium grounds. Uh, join us again, 795-7700. One other quick note, uh, Greg, uh, this Sunday we will be selecting the rosters for this year's AutoZone Liberty Bowl High School Football All-Star Game. Monday we will be announcing and presenting our Offensive and Defensive High School Player of the Players of the Year Awards. Uh, that'll be at the Memphis Touchdown Club. Clark Lee, the head coach at Vanderbilt, will be the guest speaker there. So if you are, are a Vandy person, come on out and support your coach. He'll be in town Monday night looking forward to all of that. Or just a football fan. They Absolutely. Do a great, they really do a great they job do. with that organization. Thank you, HD. We'll you talk bet. to you next week. That'll do it for us today. We want to thank Ryan Silverfield, of course, Harold Grader for joining us on the program. We're back bright and early tomorrow morning starting at 7 a.m. Among our guests, John Varlis on Prep Football. We'll talk some Grizzlies with Parker Fleming. And, of course, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Handicapper Brandon Lang plus 10 in a row. The game show that has swept the nation. Well done, friends, on Sports 56 is coming up next. For Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd, Harold Grader, I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great day, everybody. Like